0: Good morning everybody. Happy Friday to you. Happy Friday to you. It's the end of another good week and the end of a good week in the Word. We are in Mark chapter 5 verses 21 to 43. I love this passage and I love reading it with you. Thanks for being with me today. Thanks for joining me either live or later. uh, Facebook, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you are, however you found me, uh, I'm excited that we can be partners in the Word together. Uh, this is good, and it's uh, amazing to me still to think that you would choose to uh, make me your, uh, your teacher, uh, your guide in the Word. So uh, i take that responsibility very seriously, and I try every day to have a good Word for you. So uh, it's all good. It's all from God's Word, Uh, And uh, we do this every day, 10 minutes at 10 o'clock. So uh, uh, anyway, here we go. Mark chapter five, verses 21 to 43. I love this chapter. Uh, I I don't know what it is about it. Uh, As we've been saying, Mark, man, I'm telling you, the gospel of Mark is just like, you know, sitting in, you know, a sled and just getting pushed off the bluff, you know, and now you're flying down the hill. I mean, it goes by so fast. Everything goes by so fast. Mark's favorite word is immediately, (laughs) you know, and immediately Jesus went and immediately, I mean, everything happens immediately. Everything's happening all at once. And, uh, you know, yesterday we healed a man with 2000 demons, you know, and, Oh my goodness, we cross the lake and you know get back to the other side and, and immediately there's a crowd and all of a sudden here's Jairus, you know, and then this lady, you know, bleeding. And I mean, it's just like, what? I mean, this is the gospel of Mark, and I love it because it feels like my life. It really does feel like my life, especially this chapter. Um, I don't know how it happened for you or how old you were when the illusion that you were in control of your life is shattered. You know, when we're kids, many of us, uh, we sort of are blessed to live with this privilege and this um, freedom to imagine that that we're in control of everything, you know, uh, and I guess life sort of fosters that illusion at first you know because everything's predictable and i'm gonna finish middle school and go to high school i'm gonna turn 16 and get my driver's license i'm gonna graduate college graduate high school you know and go to college and then i'm gonna find a girl i'm gonna get married and and it just sort of falls right along like dominoes that we stack up for ourselves and and for the longest time it feels like we're in control and if something happens and that illusion is shattered and for a lot of us, that first recognition that you are not in control is is a very, very whew, uh, bewildering and uh, devastating kind of realization. You know, whether it's you know that moment when you realize that you you can't control your own body, that that you are as likely to get sick or cancer as anybody else. You know, or you get married and you you decide, man, let's just have a baby, and then you realize you can't have babies. You know, I mean, you always thought you could, right? On the playground, they'd say, you know, Tim and Casey sitting in a tree, K-I-S-S-I-N-G. First comes love, second comes marriage, then comes, you know, Tim and a baby carriage. I mean, you know, we just, we sang that little song, you know, first comes love, then comes marriage, and you just assume that's how it's going to happen until it doesn't happen. then you're like, what, you know? And Mark chapter five is, is, has, is, is, is peopled with individuals like that. You know, Jairus, who is the father who realizes now that he can't protect his daughter from sickness or death. You know, like as a father, what good are you if you can't protect your children? And if you can't protect her from from the worst things, you know, sickness and death, then what kind of father are you? You know, Jairus is a devastated and panicked father because his little girl is dying at home and he can't do anything about it. You know what I'm saying? Or this woman who is bleeding. I don't know how it started, you know. In, In the Jewish communities in Jesus' day, they called women like this, uh, I think the word is Zava, Zava. She is a Zava, which just means she bleeds, you know. Now, I don't know a whole lot about women and bleeding, uh, but I know they do, and I know that it's not, you know, necessarily, you know, uh, always, you know, by the book, Um, but in Jewish tradition and custom girl you better do it by the book because they regulated it I mean the priests felt like they had some regulation over this it it goes back to the curse you know in Genesis where the Lord said to the woman Eve you know in pain you're going to bring forth children and I'm going to multiply the trouble you know in childbirth which you know childbirth's one thing but uh, the, the the Jewish leaders the rabbis taught that you know if if having childbirth you know you know, isn't painful enough, the Lord went ahead and gave you a little monthly reminder of your sin. You know, that's what the bleeding was. And so during those days of, I mean, she's impure, a woman's impure once a month, you know, and for those seven days after she bleeds, she's supposed to spend those days in quiet contemplation and repentance for all of her sin. You know, the blood is a reminder of of her sin. So imagine your shame if you start bleeding and then you can't stop bleeding. You know, which happens. I mean, there are lots of reasons and there are lots of women. And even in Jesus' Jesus' day, there's a whole lot of women who were Zavah. You know, this was not an uncommon thing. But girl, you better hope it doesn't happen to you because you're going to be unclean. And everything you touch is unclean. This woman can't sit down on a park bench. You know, this woman can't come in and sit down on a pew in church because if she sits on something, they're going to burn it. Nobody wants it. It's impure. It's unclean. This is a nasty woman. She is cast away from everybody including her husband you know man I mean I'm sure she didn't imagine this was going to be her life you know the scripture says that she's flat broke because she spent her money you know on doctors you know do a little research I mean I mean there is like so many you know, ancient cures and in Jesus's day I think no less than nine possible I mean and it's all a racket you know one of the cures is you know the doctor would tell her to take the ashes of an ostrich egg you know put those ashes in a special little cloth pouch and then stick that in your bloomers you know wear that that'll stop that bleeding doesn't that sound like that would work you know or or get some imported persian onions cook them in wine gargle that and while you do you know try to say you know bleeding be gone i mean yeah something like i I didn't make that up y'all i mean and then there was some potion you make out of mixing rubber and and alum and and garden crocuses and you you drink that you know doesn't that sound like that's gonna work you know i mean It ain't a hysterectomy, you know, but, you know, and and it ain't going to taste good, but, you know, but, but that's my, you know, prescription. Now here's her bill, you know, and and that's how her life has gone for 12 years, you know, foolish, you know, foolish medical treatments that aren't ever going to do anything for her. you, You know, so I mean, what do you do when you can't even control your own body, you know? Among the things you can't control is your schedule <laughs> and Jesus sorta of, you know symbolizes that. You know, Jesus comes and Jairus interrupts him, you know, and I don't I mean Jesus is Jesus. He knows what he's doing, but you know, for me and you it would be like, Yeah, I didn't come here to go to your house, but now he's gotta to go to Jairus' house, you know. It's an interruption. I don't like interruptions. I like to plan my day. I like to plan my whole week on Monday, you know, and and then have no interruptions. But that's not my life. My whole life is in it. My whole ministry is one interruption after another. And I embrace that. You know why? Because every interruption is an opportunity. And you can't plan necessarily every opportunity, but God can. And so you have to recognize that your time is not as precious as you think. I mean, I feel like my time is precious, you know, because it may be Friday, but Sunday's coming, you know, and I got to preach on Sunday. And so there's always, uh, I mean, uh, you remember in college when you had to write a term paper, like you had to write a paper or, you know, a dissertation or whatever, and um, and and that deadline's always looming. Well, that's my life because every sermon is like writing a term paper, you know. And, and, and like it or not, you know, Wednesday, Sunday, Sunday night, I mean, it's always coming. And so my life is always, you know, with a deadline, always a deadline coming, always a, you know, a sermon to have written and be ready to deliver. Uh, and and so I feel like my time is precious, but you know what? My time is not precious. People are precious. My time is not precious. People are precious. And, and God shows us, Jesus shows us in this story, how precious people are, you know, And so Jairus, you know, interrupts him and and he's going to Jairus' house. And then on the way to Jairus' house, his lady, bleeding lady comes up and interrupts him. And uh, Jesus stops and and, and deals with her. And, And I love that. She didn't want to, you know, to do. She didn't want to talk to jesus she just wanted you know because she can't touch i mean she can't be in i mean she can't do anything you know so she just sort of slides up i guess with the ostrich egg still in her bloomers you know and touches the hem of jesus's robe and she didn't want to deal with jesus she just wanted to see if she could you know take some of his power when he wasn't looking you know because this lady is used to being invisible and insignificant in every crowd. Nobody wants to see her coming. Nobody wants her nastiness, you know, sitting on a bus you know, seat next to her. I mean, you know, nobody wants to be around her. But, but understand, she may be insignificant and invisible to everybody else in that crowd, but she is not going to be insignificant and invisible to Jesus. Jesus says, who touched me? You know, he calls her out. He wants to look her in the face. He wants to call her daughter. He wants to have a personal saving relationship with her and not just her. He wants a saving personal relationship with every one of us. And so he stops. And, and meanwhile, you know, Jairus' daughter dies. You know, people come and say, don't worry, come in now. She's already dead, you know. But, but what does Jesus say? I, I love this. Jesus says to Jairus, don't be afraid, believe. I think the Hebrew there. I mean, the Greek is uh, don't don't be afraid. Fear not, only believe. Fear not, only believe. You know. Um, so what do you do when you feel like you lost control? You know, when the illusion of being in control of your life is gone. You know, you're not in control of your marriage. You're not in control of your kids. You're not in control of your church. You're not in control of anything. What do you do then? Well, fear not, only believe. You know. Um, he doesn't go into a whole lot of detail about what it is you're supposed to believe. Um, so apparently you're supposed to believe in his power to heal more than you believe in the blood, you know, that streams from your body. You got to believe in his power more than you believe in the doctor's, you know, ignorance and ineptness, you know. You got to believe in Jesus's power to protect your daughter and bring your daughter back more than you believe in the crowd that just gathered for her funeral. You know, you got to believe in jesus enough to go to jesus run to jesus and just ask for what you need you know um understand coming to jesus pr- prayer that's not necessarily a way of regaining control it doesn't mean you're going to get everything you asked for but but you got to learn how to not be afraid you know it, it is sometimes like being pushed off a cliff you know and um and fall and um only to realize that you will always be caught, you know, in in, in his strong, you know, loving arms. Um, uh, fear not, only believe. That, that's the word today. Uh, for all of us who sometimes feel like we've lost control. You know what? You never were in control. And you never will be in control. Uh, so fear not, only believe. Isn't that good? Pick up right here, Monday morning, chapter 6. We're going to be chapter 6, uh, verses 1 to... Uh, let's do... It's a long chapter. Let's go chapter six one to twenty nine. How's that? Mark chapter six verses one to twenty nine. I will see you Monday morning ten o'clock for Tim with Tim. If I if I don't see this weekend, uh, Sunday morning eight nine 30, 11 here at Woodburn Baptist Church. I'm preaching. Uh, a sermon on Sunday in my series called The Children of Israel. We'll talk about Israel, what it means that they're God's chosen people, uh, what it means for them in the past, the present, and the future. And I want to talk about on Sunday, it's, it's a sermon called In Every Generation, how it is that all through history, everything seems to change, but the only thing that never changes in all of history, is the world's hatred for the Jews? Why is it that of all people, in all times, in all places, the Jews are always the target of special hatred? We'll talk about that on Sunday morning, okay? At 8, 9, 30, 11 at Woodburn Baptist Church. If I don't see you then, Monday morning, 10 o'clock for 10 with Tim. I love you all so much. Have a great Friday. Have a good weekend.